listening to the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. This is the podcast where we talk about bicycles just for the fun of it. We're going to be talking about tales from across the nation. We're going to be joined by guests each week to talk about the social side of cycling. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, Mark, I just want to start out with uh, just a word of sympathy. Uh, we heard word that we lost one of our veteran rag briars just recently. Um, Frank Don, 71 years old, over in Lake Mills, Iowa. Apparently, he was riding over on Sugar Bottom Hill, which you're pretty familiar with, mm-hmm. um, one of the big downhills there. Uh, not sure on all the details, but it sounded like it involved the hitting of an animal. And, um, you know, again, our, our sympathies, our, um, you know, our prayers and thoughts are with the family of, of Frank Don. He rode with North Iowa Touring, from what I understand, for, for many, many years. I didn't know him personally, um, but... You know, anytime you lose one that's been with us for for a long time, from what I understood, he absolutely loved Ragbri, absolutely loved cycling and being outdoors. So, um, just can't can't express our sympathies enough for the family. Yeah, I, I think that's our our second bike fatality this year, which is you know unusual. We made it through June without a motor vehicle crash, and and uh, uh, we had a young child I think killed very early in the year, but otherwise it's been a safe year for bicyclists so let's let's knock on wood keep our heads up and uh yeah and uh, make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else you know i think we said something just just the other week you know with everyone out out cycling it can happen at any moment so um you know practice that defensive uh bicycling stuff and you know you'll 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 stay upright a little bit more, and um, you know I just mentioned um, you know we had a crash. I had a, I was involved in a crash not too long ago. I know you've been involved in a mm-hmm. in a crash or two on Ragbri. Um, never any fun, you know. If it's you know just out biking by yourself, you always got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you happen to catch any of the Tour de France so far? <laughs> Speaking of crashes. <laughs> um, I've been I've been doing this backwards. I've been listening to Lance Armstrong's Stages podcast. Yeah, interesting. And, and then going back through and figuring out what the heck he's talking about. Um, but uh, was it uh, stage four? They had a they had the big crash and and uh, Peter Sagan got uh, got ejected, right? So yeah, so basically the the missile mass missile, which is. Cavendish and Peter Sagan, they basically were, you know, rubbing his racing and down, you know, sprint finish. Apparently a little elbow action came out and and Sagan just, you know, nudged him quietly into the barricade and took out. Obviously, you know, when you break your, I believe, uh, I think it was a shoulder uh, fracture or something along that line. Mm-hmm. So took Cavendish out for the, for the rest of the tour. Um, but, you know, Two of the two of the tour favorites, and the tour just stepped up and you know DQ'd them. So, yeah. you know, there's there's some interesting arguments you want to throw up. You know, just look up on our you know just just 
throw up that argument of, you know, who's in the right or did they do the right thing? And, you know, you got 50-50, I think, of uh, who's in whose camp of, you know, what they should have done with that situation. But what is done is done. Right. And neither of those two individuals will be wearing wearing the yellow jersey uh, anytime soon. So it amazed me when I was looking kind of at the, the footage of that. You know, when the crash happens, those those folks come to a complete stop. But the, the other sprinters, you know, just flew past them. And, and the amount of speed and that, that handlebar to handlebar sort of racing that they do, it looks scary to me. And I, I just can't understand that. I think, uh, you know, like on a ride on Ragbri where everybody uh, thinks that they're, uh, they're a pro, you know, when you have like pace lines and things like that and, and crashes happen, you can see, but if the pros can't handle that, I don't, I don't know how us recreational folks Hmm. Uh, can can do that. So I, I can see how those crashes happen. And hopefully people this year are a little more careful. Yep. Well, it can happen to the best of them. There just goes to show you. Um, seems like they bounce up a little bit quicker than, than we do. I, <laughs> I think they know how to fall a little bit better. But, you know, when you're when you're doing speeds like that, and there are some downhills on this year's Ragbri. So if you're, you know, have that, that speed that you're, you know, hitting 35, 40, 45 miles an hour, it hurts really bad when you hit that pavement. It hurts bad at five miles an hour, but I mean, it really hurts when you're going those types of breakneck speeds. So, yeah. so hopefully they'll both be all right. Um, I I heard rumor that you know Sagan might try his his luck down down in Iowa. What the heck? He's not doing anything. Hey, there so you go. Uh, that was a rumor I heard from from a friend or two. Say I think I think Sagan signed up for Ragbrite. So. <laughs> So we could fit him in. Couldn't That's understand right. his accent, but we could we could probably fit him in. Okay, so if he's listening right now, let, we'll we'll send a tweet out and see if he wants to come over and join us. And yeah, I think we'll there have you fun. Go. Cool. Yeah. Well, cool. I, I think on this podcast we have uh, Kyle Munson did an interview with our good buddies over at NPR, which is No Pie Refused. You know anything about that team, Mark? You know, I I think there uh, I think there's a little trash talk going on. I saw something on Twitter here this last week about uh, about the uh, rhubarb rumble. Rhubarb rumble. Hmm. <laughs> um, the Castilla pie massacre. You know, any of these uh, any of these sort of things uh, will fit. I think I think the Iowa folks can take down the the no pie refused team. Will there be elbows involved? Is is my question. Uh, you know, I think this. I I don't think there's rubbing in in a pie eating contest at all. I just, think uh, so I just mouth, right. teeth, and tongue. Is that pretty it's, much just hands behind the back? Right. Let's go at it. Right. Okay. Right. Hmm. Well, we it, can do that. Right. You know, I just right, right. I just watched the uh, July Fourth Nathan, Nathan's <laughs> hot dog eating contest. So, I mean, there's some strategy to the way these people I, do it. I miss that. So did uh, who was it, Kobayashi or oh, the, or this new upstart? Oh, I don't think you really missed anything. It was, uh, <laughs> it's a pretty obnoxious thing to watch. Yeah. And so that might be going down in Castelia, from what I understand. You know, that's that's the rumor right now. Uh, we'll we'll have to kind of see what the trash talking says. We'll uh, we'll send another volley of tweets over and see what mm-hmm. uh, see how serious they are. Well, they probably want to get their pie legs down because that'll give them about five days of eating pie up to that point. And so we, we do it year round. So um, <laughs> five five days of eating pie before they hit Castellia on, on Friday. That sounds like a pretty good plan. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. 
Well, good. Well, you had an interview as well on this podcast. So what you talk about? Yeah, I, I got together with Carrie Sorrell from uh, the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation. And, you know, it's really tough because we, we like to do these periodic trail updates and talk about, you know, trails in Iowa and trails all over the Midwest. But it's really tough to narrow that down to just talk about one or two. Um, so there's some fantastic stuff she's going to tell us about. Good. Sounding good. Always like hearing about what's going on with the trails. So yeah. good. Lots of people out. I know I was out there. Went for a nice ride on the 4th of July with my wife. Nice. A little trail ride. And so it's it's just good to get out. Saw, saw a few friends out there and um, met a few new ones. So always yeah. good just to get out and just go bike. I, I, too, had an amazing 4th of July weekend ride. We went from Ely up to Center Point, about 60 miles out and back. And uh, boy, a lot of people that haven't been on the Cedar Valley Nature Trail in a long time don't know that it's paved all that direction. And and it's a heck of a ride with a lot of stops and a lot of fun along the way. So uh, put, that, put that on your bucket list. We need to get over here and do another uh, Chisco bike ride. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Okay, we got a lot to get to this week. So, hey, take it away. Hello, Just Go Bike listeners. This is Kyle Munson again for the podcast about bicycling, the bicycling life, bicycling culture. And we're deep into the summer, which means we're talking a lot about the Register's annual Great Bicycle Ride Across Iowa, RAGBRAI. You know, that oldest, longest, largest bicycle touring ride in the country. And, you know, in the last several years, as I've been on RAGBRAI, some of the staple personalities on bikes... Uh, have gone by the initials NPR. Now, I say NPR, and of course, I know what you're thinking, National Public Radio, and that's true. But it also means no pie refused. Yes, some of the luminaries from National Public Radio, these great men and women uh, of radio and also of bicycles, which I didn't realize until 2013 when they debuted on the ride, they've been making their way across Iowa, getting to know Iowans, getting to know people from around the world, and devouring one slice of homemade pie after another. Well, I heard from uh, my media colleague and friend Scott Horsley that the team is indeed returning again for 2017, and so I had to get him and one of the newbie riders on the phone. So uh, welcome, Scott, to Just Go Bike. Good to be with you, Kyle. And who have you brought with you today? I have... Uh... Uh, a, a newbie for RAGBRAI, but no stranger to Iowa, my, my NPR colleague, uh, Danielle Kurtzleben, who is an Iowa native and avid cyclist who is going to be making her debut at RAGBRAI 17. Avid's well, that... an overstatement, but, <laughs> but yes, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> That's wonderful. It's great to have both of you. So, so here's the thing. I, I mean, it's unquestionable. I wonder how you guys feel about this, uh, you know, both Scott, as a veteran, and Danielle, as you return to your home state um, on a bike, you know, with NPR, I mean, you've become ingrained in the RAGBRAI culture in a several short years. It's, you must feel the love from RAGBRAI Nation. Oh, a- absolutely. And, and it's, it, for one thing, it's, it's great to meet a lot of NPR listeners uh, who come from all over the country to take part in this. And because we have our no pie refused jerseys, folks often will introduce themselves and, and let us know they're listeners. And that's, that's wonderful. But you know, it's not just 
the No Pie Refuse team that gets that kind of hospitality. Everybody who comes to Iowa for this ride enjoys that. And it's it's been a real treat for us. We we obviously spend a lot of time in Iowa uh, at other times a year covering the political scene. And it's great to see, which which is not always uh, humanity at its best. So it's <laughs> nice to spend some time on Ragbri when it really is humanity at its best. <laughs> I love your characterization of that. So <laughs> as, I, as I said in the intro, this started in 2013. It was you and Brian Naylor and Don Gagne, uh, you know, kind of these fearless three amigos setting out on bikes with the concept for the first time in a Tumblr blog. Um, but I hear this year, the rumor is, I guess via uh, somebody named Scott Horsley, that this is going to be the largest... <laughs> This is going to be the largest NPR contingent ever. Is that true? Oh, is that true? It, it is. And, and you know, this, this dates back to two years ago when, frankly, we suffered a humiliating loss in a, in a pie-eating contest uh, <laughs> that pitted us against the Des Moines Register. And, um, you know, I, I think of myself as a kind of an amateur cyclist, but a, but a semi-pro eater. And so I was, I was embarrassed, frankly, when we, <laughs> when we were uh, – lapped by the by the register team in the fighting contest at the first presbyterian church there and uh yeah so we went we, last year was a building year for us and uh you know we we tried to recruit a team we didn't ask do you know how to ride a bike we didn't ask people to submit a photo of themselves in spandex we were looking for one thing and one thing only and that was rhubarb readiness <laughs> so we 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 have a team that is is ready for a rematch with the register when it comes to uh fighting this year oh my gosh my coworkers see me plow through like second breakfast and third breakfast most days. So like Scott knew that I was going to be a good addition. So this, <laughs> this is, is going to be wonderful, really. I'm imagining you in a meeting in the Ragbri <laughs> War Room at NPR headquarters. Okay, we need we need rhubarb readiness. Um, who's who's on the who's on the team? Well, I was going. Of course, I was going to make a point to bring up our glorious win in 2015. <laughs> for for listeners that don't know, uh, yeah, when No Pie Refused was on the route, we had this. Wonderful, uh, somewhat rainy uh, in- lunch interlude in Mount Vernon, Iowa, at the First Presbyterian Church. And yes, the Register journalists did defeat the NPR uh, journalists and shame them, and we had a lot of fun doing so. And so I was going to ask if it was a coincidence then that the following year, last year, you had just one team member, just less cook carrying the flag, and yes. and uh, who, to- who confessed to not being a big pie eater. Yeah. That's right. we- we no we 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 sadly we uh, I missed last year. Les was there to carry the flag for us, but but my most of our Washington desk colleagues had to had to sit out by last year while we were taking part in that other great American tradition, the national political conventions. Yes, and I, I tell you, I would have much rather been uh, riding through the cornfields of Iowa than spending time in in Cleveland and Philadelphia watching the, uh, the political candidates. But we we were all sort of. <laughs> We, we we all had our marching orders from the bosses, so we said absolutely this year we're going to come back to to Ragbri and we're coming back in force. We're coming back strong. Do, right. do we get a pie eating contest this year? Is that happening? All yeah. Right. Well, I it, right. uh, pretty much we have to do that now because if I say no, I'm going to look weak. So I yes, we'll have a we'll have a pie <laughs> <Correct>. eating contest. <laughs> well, Danielle, so tell me about embarking on. Is this your first? I mean, Ragbri at all. Yeah, I mean, I saw it come through. So I'm from the great town of Titanka. Uh, last I checked on Wikipedia, population, I think 494, it said, which is uh, smaller than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, well, you came here. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> so when I left, they left, they lost like 0.2% of the population. Um, so 
Yeah, this is, I mean, I saw it come through town, uh, various towns pretty often and it always looked cool, but I wasn't much of a biker anyway. And I, so I'm, I'm really excited to do this. This is a very much a bucket list sort of thing. Oh, that's great. So you guys mentioned that, uh, Danielle, that you guys were uh, bicycling out there. So do you typically ride through the city or what's your, what's your riding been like this year? Well, you, you gotta, I have to go through a fair amount of city to get to a, something a bit more open. So yesterday I did about, probably about 50 miles, but I had to go about, you know, five or six to get onto a trail. <laughs> so it's, um, you, you know, there's, there's a bit of dodging and, you know, especially with me learning how to clip into my bike, this is, it's been a, it's been an adventure coming up to stoplights and having to figure out how to not slowly and majestically just tip into a car, you right. know? So yeah. um, it's, it's it's been a it's been a learning experience and a humbling one. Yeah, we've all been there with the pedal clips. You know, there's at least right, one yeah. time where you just fall right over on your side. So that's that's a yep. rite of passage. Well, definitely I, happened. You know, and your I noticed one interesting thing in your resume. At uh, you uh, and your work. I mean, you do a lot with mm -hmm. data visualization, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to these really cool data visualization projects that have to do with Ragbri and all these writers. I, I, that would be awesome to see what you can produce. On, on... I can check with our Viz desk. I will say, speaking of visualization, I've been kind of freaked out by the last couple of days. I didn't realize there were mountains in eastern Iowa, but I guess <laughs> I guess there are. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, listeners who are uh, hearing us right now, you can go back to, uh, I think, the most recent episode, actually, uh, well, two or two episodes ago and listen to... The Ragbri route preview. We did a little roundtable discussion, and it's true that on paper this is the third easiest Ragbri, supposedly. But oh, wow. you're right, Daniel. That last day or two is is going to test your climbing legs. So, um, well, my my first Ragbri, it was day two uh, that, that that was the the hilly steep day. And the nice thing about that was, as soon as you kind of got that out under your belt, you said, "Okay, it's all it's all downhill from here." This year, you guys have conspired to keep us in suspense, you know, all, all week. Okay, <laughs> I, I did that, but what's going to happen on the last day? Well, you're, you're not going to know that you can do this ragbri until you have completely done it and reached the Mississippi River. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's so true. So who, uh, so who else is rounding out the team? Like, what are you talking about in terms of sheer numbers? Are there other names that, uh, you know, your NPR fan base will recognize? What, what will the team look like? Yes. Well, uh, the, the core of the team, once again, comes from the Washington desk, including myself and Danielle and uh, Scott Detro, who is a relatively new political reporter. Folks who, who listen to our podcast on uh, NPR politics will know Scott Detro from that. Arnie Seipel, who's one of our uh, all-star editors, he's making a return trip to RAGBRAI. This will be his second RAGBRAI. Uh, and then we have... Uh, of course, Les Cook, who's a, who's a returner, who's part of the business team here at NPR, and Joe Palka, who did the ride two years ago, is one of our star science correspondents, and he rooked in one of his science colleagues, Richard Harris. Uh, so that so it'll be Richard, Joe, Les, Danielle, Arnie, Scott Detro, myself, and then Joe Palka's uh, long-suffering wife, uh, Kathy Hudson, <laughs> is coming along as well. She's a, she's a great sport, a real trooper who manages to hang with all these other NPR types. Also, uh, bringing her along ensures that we pass the Bechtel test. So, you know, that, <laughs> that, that really helps. Were... Wow. I, I, I don't want to cast any aspersions on Joe, uh, but Joe was leadoff man in the pie-eating contest for us two years ago. <laughs> and 
he there's no there's no good way to put it. He choked um, <laughs> a little, literally. Yeah, no, literally. It was it was a custardy rhubarb pie. It was a thick a thick gloppy concoction. And uh, well, anyway. Yeah, so, I appreciate. I, Joe, Joe won't be Joe won't be leading off to the uh, NPR team this this time around. No, I'm just happy he's returning. I was afraid he might not ever come back to Iowa, but you know, he, I, <laughs> I appreciate his fearlessness, and I uh, he's such he was he, such he a he had a great time other than the other than the ride. And actually, Joe and Kathy's son is a uh, is a Grinnell student. Oh, perfect. Oh. That's perfect. Wow. Well, man. Okay. And and I and I should mention, Kyle. We also have. Uh, uh, Tom Fudge, who's a, a, a reporter at my old home station in San Diego, KPBS, is, is who's also an Iowa native, a, a native of Grinnell. His dad was a professor at Grinnell. He'll be doing the ride this year as kind of an ex officio member of Team No Pie Refused. <laughs> and Tom Jelton, who is our religion reporter, uh, is also riding, but he's he's coming with his family, his his brother, and I believe some other family members. So he's got sort of split loyalties. He'll be riding with his family team, but since he is our religion reporter, we may send him out to scout. You know who has the best church pie? It's always a toss up <laughs> between the Methodists and the Baptists and the, and the Presbyterians. Oh, so holy, what? It's, it's Iowa. It's ELCA all the way. <laughs> like I, I, I'm really insulted, actually. <laughs> well, you, I'm. I'm impressed. You guys have such a deep bench. I, well, first of all, I wonder who stays back home in Washington. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to hear the one person who's question. doing the newcast. Um, but you, if, if 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 you might as well just tune out during rag. <laughs> there's there's going to be no one minding the store. Well, maybe Don. I guess Don will still be out there reporting. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. But I, we should have. I feel like we need to have some kind of journalism issues forum during the week. We're going to have so many people there. Uh, but you know, this is our vacation. And that's true. You're right. You're right. I don't want to. Don't want to go down that road. Although you know, I love all the raw talent that will be there. But oh, yeah. we should just have fun, eat pie, and uh, we'll get back to the the heavy topics after Ragbri. Um, well, that's great. So, are you guys affiliated with any particular other Ragbri team this year, or any interesting story about your accommodations or that sort of a thing? Well, yes, we, um, you know, we've had a wonderful history. Our, our first several years, uh, we did the ride. We, we uh, teamed up with the, the wonderful team from Pork Belly, the, one of the big outfitters. And uh, Pork Belly just does a terrific job. The, the military could learn a lot uh, from Pork Belly when it comes to logistics. I mean, they, they set up a, a tent city for, I don't know, 500 or 1,000 riders every night and tear it down in the morning and leave the campground just spotless and, and move on. But in one of our early years, we, we ran across some other uh, Iowa folks who, who call themselves Team Groucho. And they've also kind of been our local local guides. And so this year, we're actually throwing in our hat with Team Groucho. And they they don't camp by and large. They find host families in all the uh, overnight towns. And so we're going to uh, throw our bedrolls down on the floor alongside the team Groucho, and and they've been a they've been a wonderful addition to kind of help us not not only enjoy the ride but also enjoy some of the the side benefits. They all, uh, Bill Danforth, who's the guru of Team Groucho, usually uh, arranges some sort of cultural outings during the the during the mm-hmm. during the day and the evening. Uh, I think we're going to be visiting the uh, world's third largest golf pencil factory. <laughs> <laughs> in in Iowa this this year, um, you know, in addition to all the things that you guys point out in your scouting report, Bill, we'll always find another. Uh, two years ago, I remember we got to meet the uh, the entrepreneur behind Benny's Meat Straws. 
Wow. Uh, which was a, a real thrill for, for the business reporters on us, on the team. The Amazon bio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would add, though, that uh, I, we're, I think we're unofficially affiliated with Team Kurtzleben this year as well. We're going through my aunt and uncle's town. We're staying with my big sister. My mom, I have not told the team this, my mom has promised to bring us bars one night. So... You know, it's, this is this is baked bars. Baked, ah. Yes, I. Oh, right. Not not bring us two bars, but uh, we'll, we'll do that on our own. But yeah, like we're we're getting some really some really key family assistance in doing this. So That's I'm excited. Great. Wow, this you guys have a rich week in store. I I, I truly am impressed. Now, Danielle, I, is, uh, if I have my Iowa map in my head correct here, you're from Kasuth County up there near the Minnesota border, right? Yes, the biggest one. Yes, that's right. Now, also... In landmass, not population. So there's a ragbri icon whom you're probably already familiar with, Mr. Porkchop, who's from that area. Uh, an old farmer who dispenses pork chops on Ragbri, or if not, you will be soon. I'm, I'm not familiar. I feel bad. But so, no, I, where is he from? Like Algona? Uh, from Bancroft. Okay. So um, anyway, so and actually, this is going to be the original Mr. Porkchop passed away in the last year, and so there will be a memorial to him on this ride. But his son, oh, great. Uh, his son will be out there with a giant pink bus. And, and as I recall, this might be this might be Les Cook's favorite thing about Ragbri, so he'll definitely introduce you to it. I caught up with him at the Mr. Porkchop bus last year. Um, this is this is one of the things that you know experience pays off because during our first Ragbri, I don't think Don and Brian and I discovered Mr. Porkchop until maybe you know Wednesday. So we we went several days without knowing, and then our, in our in our repeat efforts, we you know of course we make a stop every day at Mister Porkchop, and we've we've told the newbies who've come along since then. So it, it really does help if you're doing Ragbri for the first time. Try to partner with some experienced hands who can who can point out the things like Mister Porkchop that you might otherwise miss. Does Mister Porkchop do every stop? He, he, okay. he they set up somewhere along the route each day, except for the except for the last day. I think like a lot of the vendors, they don't they don't set up on the last day. But the, oh, the big the big pink bus is is a, a a famous landmark, usually up at the top of a hill someplace, and uh, often paired up with. Uh, uh, berry best pies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes. That. Yeah. Nice. They they do pair up, or they pair up with beer gardens. So, spoken like a true veteran, Scott. Listen, to, I, I love that you're just uh, unfurling. The... And the real pro tip, which Don Gagne would say, is you wanna you wanna try to time your arrival so that they get kind of down the bottom of the cooler. They they the pork chops come <laughs> off the corn cob fired grill and go into a, a cooler, which in this case is really a warmer, keeps them keeps them warm. But the the chops that are down at the bottom of the of the cooler uh, before the sort of next batch comes off are the ones that have sort of been marinating in all that good juice, and those are those are the really the best ones. I gotta say, Scott Scott here has been sending out emails to the team that'll I'll, I'll see them in my inbox, and the first line will say, "I hope your training is going well," and I'll get this lurch in my stomach, and then I realize what he means is, "Are you eating three pork chops a day?" Are you, <laughs> <laughs> which. But you know, I, I surpassed that long ago, so I'm not worried. That's what, and yeah, NPR, you don't want to just you don't want to just start out, you know, hitting it cold and, and trying to go from zero to five pies a day all at right. once. You've got to Absolutely. you've got to work your way up to it. Sage advice. I love that. An NPR investigation has determined that the pork chops in the bottom of the cooler are the juiciest and the most worthwhile for the average consumer. <laughs> um, so, well, thanks so much, guys, for coming on the podcast. I uh, my takeaway from this meeting is that I need to arrange a massive pie-eating contest showdown somewhere along the route. And Correct. so we, we will get that underway. I will not neglect that. And We are, we are going to be ready. Okay. <laughs> right. 
Oh, well, this is going to be fun. People are going, man, people love you guys. And so I assume, are you going to have the uh, matching jerseys and that sort of a thing? Wait, yes. wait. We've we've got we've got matching jerseys, but we, we we redesign the jersey a little bit every year, so people can kind of see see the progression. You know, we 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 started out with just a T-shirt uh, our first year, and we're we're tickled pink that pink as a Mr. Porkchop Porkchop that that our our original T-shirt now hangs in the historical museum there in Des Moines. That's right. But uh, we, now we have a little bit fancier and definitely more high performance. Uh, Team Jersey. So yeah. look, look for those, and we have new buttons this year too, but for uh, for NPR listeners. So. Oh, that's, that's wonderful! So I'm well, stopping by the NPR gift shop today to get my my second. We have an NPR bike jersey in the gift shop for you know for those people who are interested. I'll be wearing one. Perfect. It's good to have two, so you kind of the wear a day, air a day rule. That's yeah, yeah. That's a that's another good. You guys still want to be around me by the end of the week, so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good deal. Well, hey, Just Go Bike listeners, if you're on this RAGBRAI journey with us, be sure to uh, look for Scott and Danielle and all their colleagues on the ride. Uh, Otherwise, if you're bicycling out around the country and you won't be joining us in Iowa in July, listen for all their reports uh, online, on social media, everything else. So you'll at least be able to live vicariously through them as they eat their way across Iowa. Well, hey, uh, Scott, great to catch up with you. Danielle, great to meet you. It's going to be so much fun to... Uh, get together on RAGBRAI. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing y'all. All right. Good luck. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Hi, this is Mark Wyatt with the Jesco Bike Podcast. I'm joined by Carrie Sorrell from the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation. Hi, Carrie. Hi. How's it going? Good. We need to talk about trails and, and talk about kind of the trail updates that's going on in Iowa and, and uh, around the Midwest. What What's the hot trail right now? Um, I, for the last couple, for the last year, probably I have been hearing nonstop buzz about Decorah, mm. um, and just recently got a chance to go up there and kind of bike the city. Um, and it's, it's becoming a hot spot for biking in Iowa. Um, they have the trout run trail up there, uh, which is a big 11 mile loop around the whole city. Um, that runs through the city and through the bluffs um, and through some uh, farms and it's beautiful and has some pretty killer hills on it. Um, but then it's also uh, kind of becoming a hub for some mountain bikers. Mm. And I don't personally mountain bike, um, but people are just raving about the decor of mountain biking scene um, and kind of that off-road uh, scene up there. So um, plus it has two breweries and that never hurts. <laughs> so. Uh, award-winning breweries. I mean, really good yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, people are going crazy for that stuff. You know, we went up to decor and did the same thing and, and hung out for a weekend. Um, a couple things struck us. Um, the bed and breakfast owner was like, this is driving my business. You know, we're getting people yeah. from Waterloo and Cedar Falls and from all over the area coming up here to spend the weekend and, and, uh, for the hospitality business, this is good. Yeah. Definitely. The other thing that we noticed was Decor is right next to Cresco, which is the Prairie, uh, Prairie Farmer Trail. Mm-hmm. Yep. And not that far from uh, Harmony, Minnesota. So that means it's on the the Root River Trail, which is also fantastic. Mm-hmm. So regionally, they're they're right in the middle and, and makes a good home base. Yeah. There are definitely a lot of uh, quirky, lovable things about Decora, um, and the bike scene coming up is uh, one of those things that I love. So. Yeah. You're going to be riding through Decora here in the next couple of weeks, aren't you? 
Oh yeah, Rag Ride's going through. Uh, that's that's going to be exciting um, and probably a pretty crazy time. So if anyone wants to jump off the route and uh, take a quick tour around the city, it's a it's a pretty fun ride. But yeah. I'm excited, um, and I'm excited to go into Wakan too, which is the overnight town that night. The first the first time that that city has had Rag Ride. You know, there's only four hills the next day. There's just four. Oh, yeah, only oh, just four. Just yeah. four. Um, yeah. A yeah. couple of them keep going forever, but yeah, and, and yeah. that's that's probably the neat part about that region of the state is 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 anybody that thinks Iowa is flat, you know, they're mistaken. Mm-hmm. The glaciers didn't go over that part of the state, and and they're hilly. Yeah, it's part of what uh, we refer to as the driftless area, and the driftless area encompasses um, kind of that. Northeast part of Iowa, but also Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Um, and it's huge limestone bluffs. Um, the upper Iowa runs through it. Um, and it's just it's like no other place you'll find in the state. It's beautiful. And it is, uh, I can say confidently, my favorite part of the state to visit and uh, hike around and just be outside. What's, what's on the radar for trail development? What are, what are you folks working on over there? Well, actually, Mark, since you brought it up, uh, that Prairie Farmer Trail, um, we are working, um, this is long-term, but we're working on a connection uh, between the Trout Run Trail and the Prairie Farmer Trail. Oh, yeah. Um, that'll, yeah, which will be really awesome. Um, and um, it'll eventually go through a property that um, the Winnesheek County Conservation Board just bought, and it's mm. a really uh, beautiful area, but um, we... INHF, um, Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation, just worked um, on securing a, a connection for that. Um, that one's pretty far down the road, um, but it's going to be really cool for that area. Um, bringing it more uh, to central Iowa, there's um, within the next year or so, there's going to be some movement on uh, what we're calling the Prairie City to Mitchellville Trail. Okay. Um, and that trail is going to connect uh, Mitchellville to Prairie City to Monroe, um, which is kind of uh, north, a little bit northeast of Des Moines, um, but some pretty cool small towns out there. And it'll connect to the Neil Smith National Wildlife Refuge, which is just outside of Prairie City. Uh, and last year, just installed bike lanes throughout the whole refuge. Um, so... They're in the process of hiring an engineer right now and hoping to start some sort of construction next spring, probably. Um, and that's really exciting. Yeah. yeah, that's, uh, there's just all kinds of connections up there that's going to take off here soon. And that's fantastic yeah. that that's on, on the, on the front burner now. That's good. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a long range goal in central Iowa to connect, uh, Sailorville Lake down to Lake Red Rock in Pella, um, all by bike trail. And this is a huge part of that plan and uh, that those corridors. So we're really excited to see it start moving along. Well, cool. Thank you very much, Carrie, for uh, tuning in with us. And uh, we'll invite our listeners back probably another month or so. Let's touch base again and, and talk about what's going on in, in trails and biking in Iowa. Hey, hey, this is Andrea and this is Paratalk. I'm sorry I missed you guys last week. To be honest, what happened was I was at home watching the John Adams miniseries on HBO. I just started feeling really freaking patriotic. 
and I ended up going back home to Coralville for the fourth without remembering to record a parrot talk first. So I'm really sorry about that. I hope you all had a fun and safe 4th of July. I did, definitely, because the Coralville 4th of July parade is one of the best ever. Um, if you've never watched a parade and had a little kid throw a freezy pop directly at your face and liked it, have you ever truly lived? So anyway, today's question comes to us from Twitter. A guy named Rich tweeted us asking, what do you do about bike security slash anti-theft on RegBry? First of all, great question. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people there on RegBry, a lot of bikes, a lot of potential for things to happen. It is something that you should think about before you go on a big bike ride like RegBry. Um, other thing I would say, I have not worried about this a lot personally on RegBry um, because a, because it's a vacation for me when I was a writer, and it's a relaxing time, and I don't want to spend time worrying about things. Um, my bike, though, however, that being said, it used to be a really cool bike, like, back in the year 2000, probably. Uh, it still has a flashy paint job, but it's, like, kind of old now and is not necessarily the top-of-the-line bike that any professional bike thief would be looking for, or even any non-professional bike thief would probably be looking for. So, you know, that's safety for me. But um, I don't know what kind of bike you have, so we're just going to pretend it's an awesome bike. I mean, because it probably is. Um, so let's pretend you're waking up on Ragbri, you head out of town, and you are riding down the road, and you stop at a vendor on the side of the road. This vendor may be in the middle of a field, and there could be literally nothing to lock your bike to. So what do you do? You lay it down in the ditch next to somebody's bike who's worth more than yours or flashier than yours. And if you think that's not going to be possible, let me tell you, buddy, there's always somebody who has a nicer bike than you on RAGBRAI. It's kind of like how fast you ride. No matter how fast you ride, there's always going to be somebody faster than you and somebody's always going to reach the end before you do. Sorry, fact of life. Anyway, so that's my strategy. Um, you could also kind of put it out of the way um, although you could argue that it would make it easier to steal because people aren't watching your bike. But then again, I never think twice about seeing someone pick up a bike. Um, once you get to town, there's going to be a lot of different options for places to park your bike. And if you're really concerned about it, you could bring a small light, lightweight lock along with you on the ride. Um, that just depends on how much you're comfortable with carrying. Um, the most common place to park your bike in a pass-through town on Ragbri is this thing where you have a couple tractors lined up in the middle of the street and then cables hooked up between the tractors, and then you hook either your seat or your handlebars over that cable, and that's how you park your bike, and it kind of just hangs there. If you look it up and down those tractor cables, literally none of the bikes are locked, and there could be hundreds or thousands of bikes on that tractor cable. So, you know, there is some sort of safety in numbers, and um, also there are a lot of either off-duty police people or um, police, uh, local police or troopers who are actually on duty. Um, there is a lot of security that you might not notice on the ride. So if something does go wrong, um, you'll be able to report it pretty quickly. Um, once you get into town, it sometimes can be a little different story into overnight town. Um, just because you're more likely to leave your bike alone for longer, say if you're taking a shuttle for dinner or to go see the concert or overnight or what have you. Um, 
traditionally what my family has done when I was a writer, and they still do now, is get a really long cable lock with a big old padlock and padlock maybe 10 or 12 bikes together and just kind of have a safety numbers in that way. Once you, If you're biking downtown, obviously there's going to be a million places to lock your bike, but you have to kind of weigh the concern of how much is that lock going to weigh because you're either going to have to carry it with you or put it in your luggage. And most, I know RAGBRAI limits your weight, your luggage by weight, and a lot of the charters do too. So you have to kind of haha, literally weigh it in your mind, like do how heavy of a lock am I willing to carry or put in my luggage to sacrifice on weight? In my younger days, what I used to do was put my bike in my tent with me overnight because I didn't want anyone touching my bike. So I definitely get that feeling. Um, I, it resulted in a lot of grease on my legs and um, actually one permanent scar, which we don't talk about. But uh, my bike was always safe and it never got dewy which could also arguably be prevented by a plastic bag on your seat. So you could go that route too. But anyway, so it's just a matter of your own personal comfort. There's not a lot of security provided to you as far as like um, bike check-ins or like anyone watching your bike for you unless you have a deal with someone. So you're going to have to kind of think ahead and plan what are you comfortable with and what would you like to do personally on the ride. You know what else occurs to me is that Iowans are well known for their hospitality. You could just talk to someone who lives in the town and ask them if they'll watch your bike for you, or they might even keep it in their garage for you overnight. Um, And I'm sure they would help you out. There are a lot of nice people out there along the bike ride. If you see somebody on the side of the road watching bikes go by, it's a distinct possibility that they really like bikes or they think what you're doing is cool or um, they just kind of want to talk. And if you stop and chat with them, either they may offer to watch your bike or they may know someone who can. Um, There are a lot of friendly people out there on RAGBRAI, so I wouldn't hesitate to try that if you're, you know, if you're open to that. So that's about all I got for today. If you have any more advice you'd like to give about keeping your bike secure on RAGBRAI, I'd like to hear it. Um, You can get a hold of us at Just Go Bike on Facebook and Twitter, like Rich did. Or you can also email me at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Well, that's it for today. Hope you all have a great day. Okay, we've come to the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. Episode 25, now in the books. And we appreciate you listening, 25 down, hopefully many more to come. And we appreciate the the help of those sponsors that have helped us along the way. Mark, you want to tell us about those? Yeah, we're working with, uh, I think, Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. They're going to be out at the Ragbra Expo talking about the Grand Gable Fondo. That's uh, going to be coming up on October 1st. So great, uh, great event going on in, in the Think Iowa City area, but also... You can bike here about any day of the week and have a great time. So remember, think Iowa City. Bikes to You, one of the best bike shops and a Ragbrite charter. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but I saw some videos on Bike Iowa about uh, Craig's new uh, saw that uh, campers a sort of bunkhouse. Uh, bunkhouse. Uh, so I think they're looking for people to, to uh, rent those for the week of Ragbrite. If you don't want to have to unpack and 
every day, this is the way to go. Check out Bikes to You. Finally, Primal. If you're looking for custom bike jerseys, shorts, accessories, Primal is the place that you want to be. Check out Primal Wear. Yeah. And they're going to join us for the week of Ragbri. Team Primal Urges will be out there. Always great to see our friends. Great, great little company from Denver, Colorado. And so we'll see Dave, Tim, the rest of the gang. Man Bun Mitch will be out there styling his man bun. So, uh, yep, doesn't get any better than that. So can't wait to see see the our, our good friends uh, from Colorado coming over. And um, we also have a friend, uh, uh, Chandler and, and Nene, are coming over. No kidding. Um, that have worked with Ride the Rockies. So they're going to be on Team Primal Urges. So uh, Renee uh, Wheelock and Chandler, um, formerly of Ride the Rockies, who's got a – I think his ride is about this week, the new ride over in Colorado. Yeah. So interesting to hear how that's all going, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear about it uh, in the very near future. So – Okay, so if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, you need to do that. At SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever you want to tune in, iTunes, any of those will work. And if you got a question for us, um, just, hey, just shoot us a little line. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on Facebook, whatever. Give us a jingle, whatever. Stop us on the bike. Hey, any of those will work. So, But, hey, thanks for tuning in. And I think, Mark, you're going to leave us with some words of wisdom, aren't you? Yeah, this one comes from John Lennon, you know, the Beatles guy. When I got a bike, I must have been the happiest boy in Liverpool, maybe the world. Thanks. Imagine that. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.